0: So last week, um, really the premise of last week was around honouring the name of the Lord and I want to continue with that. In saying that, I've got, because it's needed for a foundation, some summary to run through as we look at honouring the name of the Lord because really when it comes to David and Goliath, the whole premise of that story is David honouring the name of the Lord. The reason he went to battle was because he was prepared to honour the name. And so we're going to pray, we're going to jump in. If you've got Bibles, turn them to 1 Samuel 17. We're going to read through 1 to 11 and then I'll be all over the shop after that. So Father, we do thank you, God, for your presence in the house. Father, I I do know that you live within us, but when we come together to exalt you, there's something so very sweet about sitting at a dinner table with the King of Kings. And I thank you, Father, that not only are you invited, not only do you join us, God, you're there way before us, waiting, Lord, waiting for us to attend. So thank you. Thank you for your attendance. Thank you for making space for us. And this morning we pray that you would speak to us, challenge us, do what needs to be done, heal us, God, that as we move closer to Christmas to celebrating the birth of your son, that we truly would be shaped more and more in the image of your son. So have your way this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: 1 Samuel
0: 17, verse 1 reads, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Socco in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephesdamon between Soco and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up the battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill, the Israelites another, with the valley between them. Verse 4, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. We worked out last week, that's almost 10 foot, right? Um, He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and his iron point weighed 600 shekels. About seven or eight kilos, just the point. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, verse 8, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I... Defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight against each other. On hearing the Philistine words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Oh gosh, I, I really do love the story of, of, of Goliath and of David. It's a it's a really cool passage of scripture to read. And right from the outset we start looking at things that were stopping David from going into the battlefield. The first thing that we looked at, and again was that attack from Goliath. It was an evil attack of Goliath because no one was prepared to go into battle. These trained army you know, warriors were all frightened. As soon as he spoke, they were frightened. And you and I sometimes, we always need to be and we need people in our lives that will go into battle for us. Yeah? When the enemy is roaring against us, we need to be able to actually trust in the Lord and go into battle and win the fight knowing that he's with us. But anyway, 1 Samuel, verse 23 reads this. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. This is this evil attack from Goliath. And David heard it. I said as I started, the whole thing revolves around honouring the name of the Lord. And this whole passage is showing us, and, and it's a play on the one word, but the word defiance. Goliath was defying anything and everything to do with God. The children of Israel, God himself. Like he even cursed David using the names of the Philistine gods. So Goliath defies God and he defies the armies of the Lord. He mocks the name of the Lord. You and I need to be aware that people that are going to mock God one day that'll come back to bite them on their behind. Yeah. You can't mock God, you just can't. It's you shouldn't. You know, he's the one true living God. He's created everything. And here the Philistines are actually defying and they're mocking God. You know, I mentioned last week that when it came to this passage we often use it to say, Hey, we can defeat and we can go into battle against our own giants and that's true. Absolutely we can. And we should use this scripture to encourage us to face the giants that are in our life. But the biggest thing here, bigger than beating our own giants, is all around and about the honour of the name of the Lord. Yeah, honouring, honouring, honouring the name of the Lord. You know, the only reason that David had the courage to step forward is because he could actually see the bigger picture, he could see what was playing out. It wasn't about him, and nor was it about this nine-foot, six-inch-tall giant. It wasn't just about Goliath. It was all about the glory of God and all about honoring the name of the Lord. See, when God's name was dishonored, the whole army of Israel, we would say, packed their dacks. Yeah? They got frightened. They were terrified. They hid. It, instead of stirring up within them this, Holy, righteous anger, like Jesus at the temple where he turns table, something that goes, Oh gosh, I can't let that be. Instead of it stirring up within them like that, they actually get frightened. Like someone that some of us know that runs away from the littlest spider, they go and hide because they're petrified. Yeah, the Israelites were petrified of Goliath. No spiders, nine foot, six foot, six inches tall, I'll tell you that. Anyway, the name of God was dishonored, and they hid. You know, verse 24 reads, Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. As they hear the defiance of the name of the Lord, they just hide. They hide. And and it should have caused them to come out fighting. And sometimes when the giants in our life, when they are so loud, when... Things in our life start to defy the God in our life. Instead of fighting, we hide and we allow what's going on around us to rob us of the destiny that God has for us. Because we hear, yeah, the giant, and we bolt and we run and we hide. We can't let that happen. We can't let fear rob us of our destiny. We actually, you and I, if you take anything away from today, take this. You and I, we need to be willing to honour the name of the Lord. We need to be willing to step into the battle, battlefield and say, you know what? Our God is the God. He is the one true living God. He actually saved me and pulled me out of the Myricka clay. He invited me into his family. He dealt with the issue of sin so I could be called a son and daughter. We need to be able to say Jesus, in fact, is Lord of all. You know, we need to be able to stand and honour the name of the Lord. 1 Timothy 6.12-15 to 15 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes you and I, we've got to fight the good fight of faith. And it's not just against the giant, but it's honouring the name of the Lord. When things are dishonouring His name in our lives, we've got to fight the good fight of faith. That's the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith isn't just getting into a verbal stoush with someone. It's actually just about saying, hold on, I believe in God. Hold on, I know that is real. You can say whatever you like, but please don't say that. We don't have to dishonor people to honor the Lord, yeah? So fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you, were, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command. Fight the good fight of faith. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we have peace in the Lord. (laughs) Absolutely. That goes well beyond our right to understand a situation. But part of the command on our lives is to fight the good fight of faith. And God, it says in verse 15, which God will bring about in his own time, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Some of you may not like this, but Christians are fighters. Christians are fighters. Who remembers, I mean, I know I'm showing my age, but who remembers some of those old, old hymns and old songs, Onward Christian Soldier, remember that? Do you remember some of the old sing-alongs before we had instruments, when instruments were evil? Yeah? You remember? when injured, And we used to clap and only clap. And, we, you know, the battle is won by lifting. It was all about war. You know, it was all about going into battle. It was all about fighting, you know? Like, I, I'm thinking of another song. I can remember the actions, but I can't remember the words. But I remember, you know, that we were doing something to show that our rank, the, the, you know, and the sword of the Lord was in our hands, you know? Like, it was all about fighting. Because you and I, uh, we're fighters, we're fighters. We fight against everything that the world throws at us. We, we, we fight against everything that tries to push us down. So when we're struggling with mental health, that's a real deal. That's the real thing. But our fight is in and with the Lord, and so we battle. We may have a terminal illness, something physical, but we fight with the Lord. We press in through prayer, don't we? We're fighters. We can't just lay down because life is throwing lemons at us. You know, the bigger the tree, the bigger the lemons, and sometimes lemons can hurt, but we fight because we're Christians, and Christians are fighters, and and he commands us to keep this command. Sometimes we've got to battle. We've got to fight and stand for what we believe in. Ever had to do that? Come on. Sometimes you just have to. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't agree. You know, I have to do it around sometimes our family table, because parts of my family don't believe like we believe. So we have this, you know, toing and froing. usually very calmly in an Italian home. <laughs> but it's hard sometimes for you and I, it should, actually let me rephrase that, it should be hard for you and I to be around people who mock the name of the Lord. It should be hard. I don't like it. Sometimes the boys, you know, they'll have a bit of a joke and they'll have a, have a joke at Mel's expense. So I, when they do that, not only do I stand up for her, I say things that gross them out about how sexy she is and was and what attracted me to her. And they're like, oh, my God, too much info. Because sometimes you've got to stand up for the things that you love. And if someone's mocking the name of the Lord, do you love him? then you've got to stand up for him. We're fighters, amen? We're fighters. Sometimes we're the only ones who can change the narrative around us. So to sit with people that mock him, we've got to have people in our lives that aren't believers. Otherwise, we don't don't show the love of Jesus to anyone. Yes, we've got to show it to the family of God first. The Word says that. But if I can't show it here, I won't show it there. And if I can only show it here, well, then it's you know, it's a bit wasteful because people out there need to be able to see Jesus in me, hear him through me, experience him through what we bring and give, amen? But when we've got people that are just so negative about God, it, sometimes it's really hard and you and I are the only ones that can change that. You know, I've often said that I, I won't even read books that someone recommends unless people that I trust and know in Christendom have recommended that book. I don't need my faith to be rocked and shaken. I need it to be founded and grounded in Jesus' name. Yeah? So, when someone that I know says, that's a really good book, I trust them. But, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. But if you say, hey, this is a really good book, you know, you should read it. And I look at it and I think, I don't know the author. And I read who's written the Ford and I don't know who that is. And I try to see who's given it a stamp of approval and I don't know anyone. I'm not going to read it. I'm just not. I might do some research and see if those that I trust have, and if they have, then I will. Because you and I are the only ones that can change the narrative around our life when it comes to the things of God and the name of God. David did exactly that. He changed the narrative around him. It changes solely because of him. Even though there's still plenty of stuff trying to stop David, David actually gets onto the battlefield. He changes the narrative. How did he beat so he's gone from Goliath's attack, and then we looked at last week. So if you weren't here last week, apologies, but you, it's probably worth you know, following it up, having a look online, on our website, YouTube, whatever. But we had a look at his big brother, and his big brother was pulling him down. Four different things he accused him of, yeah? How, how did he cope when someone in his family was ripping apart who he was as a person? How did he beat that attack? How do we, when there's noises and voices around us that discourage us, how do we deal with that? What, what do we do? What do we do when those voices around us actually are dishonoring the name of the Lord? Verse 30 is actually a really good example on how to defeat that, get around that, work with that, battle against that. Because verse 30 reads, He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. I love that. Because Iliab had heard him speak and then had, had a go at him. And instead of taking that on board, yeah, because the question he was asking was, what are we going to do to this Philistine? And, and what, what's going to be done for the person that actually goes out and beats him? And then Iliab had a go. Instead of answering the question, he has a go at him. So what does David do? David hears what he says and he goes, ha-ha, talk to the hand ears aren't listening, and he turns to someone else. How many of us get caught in life with people that speak into our lives and bring us down and we sit there and we eat it like it's a three-course meal instead of turning around and just taking our conversation, our question to someone else? David kept on the mission. He turns away to someone else because and, and, it was all about the honour of the name of the Lord. Verse 30 goes on and it says, and the men answered him as before. He got the same answer, but at least he moved on. Yeah? David kept on with the mission. He was so focused. He's like, this guy is dishonouring the name of the Lord. I don't like what you say. I'll ask them. I don't like what you say. He was all about honouring the name of Jesus. Well, you know, the name of the Lord. He was focused. Sometimes you and I, there are just some accusation. And the younger you are, you you experience it at school. Then it's in work and sometimes family. And, you know, you ever been somewhere and you're at a party and then you look and someone's talking to someone else and they're laughing. And they, they just happen by pure coincidence to look at you and they're still laughing. And inside you're like, is my fly undone? What did I do? and you just assume that they're talking about you. Yeah? Every every time something happens, some accusations that come our way, we just need to be able to ignore and turn away from them. Turn away from them. So you and I, we need to get on with the mission of being Jesus people to Jesus to people so they can meet Jesus. Yeah, if we're so caught up with what people are saying and doing and speaking negative things into our life, we will never yeah reach the wonderful, beautiful promises and purposes that God has for us. Sometimes we've just got to turn to other people. You know, Even as a church, often you've got the world at the moment that's just speaking against the church of God. The church of God doesn't have to answer every accusation. All the church has to do is to remain focused on what God has called it to do. Remain focused on being a blessing to the people that they've been placed around to serve, amen, they don't have to answer every accusation, the church, you and I, we just have to press on with the mission that God's given us, David was pressing on with the mission, so what is it that God's called you to do, like what is it, have you stopped, have you prayed, if you have prayed and you've got an answer, but someone's spoken against that, just turn away, speak to someone else, if someone's just being so negative, speaking into your life about what God's called you to do, yeah, don't take it on board, I'm not talking about seeking godly counsel and now in the counsel of many and through prayer, okay, it's obvious that all right, what I'm hearing might not be 100%, but from the collective counsel I'm receiving through believers, they're actually leading me in the right, the right way. But I'm talking about when you get a word, something, God's placed on your heart, but people are just tearing it down. You can't do that. What did they say to David? You're too young. Much too young. You can't do that. Look at the giant, he's a monster. You can't fight every accusation. Sometimes you've got to focus on the Lord and move forward with what God's called you to do. Even when those things are coming from within the family of God, sometimes you just need to turn to someone else. Yeah, David was really good at doing that. You've got to, If God has called you, if he's given you a mission, trust him. Press on with the mission that God has given you. Don't let go. Keep doing it. Think about this, church. What's... What's the vision and mission of this church? What's he called us to do? He's called us to be a safe place for all people so that they may be restored and then revealed for his glory. What does all people mean? Let's let's break this down a little bit, right? All people means, in Greek, the word all means all, right? That means you'll get young and old, tall and short, fat and skinny, Mental mental health-wise, stable and those that are unstable. Addiction-wise, those that have an addiction and those that don't have an addiction. Church-wise, those that come weekly, those that come monthly. Those that read daily, those that read weekly. Those that watch a rated R movie with lots of shooting and blood. Those that will only watch PG. Those that will watch Disney. Those that won't watch Disney those that will pack chickens, others that will kick chickens. Yeah, It doesn't matter. It means that all people will come and will be different. Some of us will be plumper. Some of you will be darker skinned. Some of us will have a beautiful head of hair. Some of you won't have any. Yeah, I'm just looking around, making sure. <laughs> the point is, that if we're called to be a safe place for all people, that means we have to be Jesus to each and every person, regardless of their differences. Yeah? Some people will believe in vaccination. Others will not. Others will believe in the yes vote. Others will not. Some will believe in breastfeeding. Others will not. Do you know what? Just love people the same. Yeah, love them the same. Some, oh, look, I won't go there. I was, Just keep moving. I'm going to dig a hole if I go there. Love people, especially if that's our mission. Stay focused. And so when people say things like, like we've heard here, oh, you can't have someone like that in the church. You can't have them serving at the door. You can't have them, you know, out the back. You can't. You can't allow someone like that to do that. You're really going to get someone like that to shake people's hands? Someone like that to, to make coffee? All they're really good for, you should only use them maybe to do some cleaning. Are you, You're going to give them the mic to do communion, really? Do you know what they... Be- you know what? We're being a safe place for all people. And so to the best of our ability, we're going to love people as much as we can. Yeah? To the best of our ability, we can allow people to grow. And that means some of us may not agree with the rest of us. And some of you are wrong. No, no, I'm joking. Right? But it's about loving them regardless. Yeah? Loving them regardless. Some people will swear and others will vomit at the thought of swearing. Yeah? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't put your, oh, your conviction on another person. All you will do is turn them away from the cross. Yeah? The Holy Spirit, we have a personal relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and he speaks to us. What am I looking at? No, no, I like it here. like it here. In fact, I really like it here, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. You you, you can't put an Italian back in the platform. So there are just some things, yeah, just some areas. I'm not worried about the camera too much. People can still hear at home. But you're getting the point, Yeah. If that's what we're called to do, then that's what we need to do. What does David do? See, if you read the Bible, you read about Nehemiah. Nehemiah, when he was trying to restore stuff, he had all these naysayers around him. And they started to pull him down personally. David, the attack on David through Goliath and through Iliab, and and soon we'll see through Saul, becomes really personal. When someone starts to attack you personally, that's what it was like for David was like that you can't do that i know i know where you've been i know what you've done hold on a minute if i've actually come to repentance god has forgiven me amen he's invited me into his family he doesn't seat me up in heavenly places and go just two two steps to the right or in your case the left you know (laughs) two more steps a bit away i I just need you out there because your life's not quite right yet he doesn't he doesn't do that yeah he invites us into a place while we were still sinners. Yeah, the Bible says he died for us. So you've got David who gets all these personal attacks. There's this, the big taunt from, from the stuff that's around him. It's the, the defiance of the giant. And his big brother runs him down and he gives him all those, you know, those different insults. But I love the way that David just turns around. And in essence, what he says is, I'm sticking with mission. I'm going to get on with the job. I don't care what you guys are saying, what you're trying to do. I know what God has called me to do. And basically, he ignores it. You know, the question for all of us is, what voice in our life do we need to ignore? Truly, what voice in our life do we need to ignore? What person in our life do we need to ignore? Yeah, what person in our life do we need to turn away from? We've all heard the saying that you you can't soar like an eagle if you're going to surround yourself with turkeys. Yeah, we've all heard that. It's, I, know, I know it's a bit cliche, but this is a really powerful statement that the company that we keep can actually affect who we are and who we become. You know, e- eagles are powerful. They're, they're actually, they're majestic birds. They're, they're beautiful, majestic birds. And, and they soar in the sky. They're a symbol of strength. They're, they're a symbol of freedom. They, they, they are beautiful they actually inspire. They are courageous birds. You know, they, they actually have the ability to rise above their actual natural surroundings, to rise above those, and they go on and they achieve great things. But imagine if they were just to hang out with turkeys. Just imagine if they were in the, you know, the turkey coop, so to speak, yeah? Imagine what they would never become Because they would never be able to achieve their full potential. Never, ever. Wouldn't even know that they were able to soar and to fly. They would be held back by the limitations of the company that they would keep. But the same applies for us. If we surround ourselves with people who don't inspire us, if we actually surround ourselves with people who don't challenge us in the things of God, like if you're hanging around with people that don't go to church, hello, I'll put money down. I'll put a lobster down. I know it's only a 20, but it sounds good. I'll put a 20 down that eventually you won't come. If that's your circle, eventually that will affect you. I guarantee you, I've seen it for years. Yeah. If, if you, who you hang out with, that's what's going to rub off on you. Yeah. People who don't challenge us, people who don't push us to be our best selves, then we'll never be able to achieve the full potential of what God's placed in us and on us. We're held back by the limitations of those people. In verse 30, he then turned away to someone else. He then turned away to someone else. He then turned away to someone else. I love that. It's all about the honour of the name of the Lord. And he goes, okay, you're not going to honour him on going to somewhere else. You know, success is not a one-person game. He turned to someone else. I know I've said it before and I know I joke about it, but Hey, you can't sit at home and say, of course a Christian life's easy. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, that's true, but Christianity is not a one-person game. Yeah, it's just not. It needs people around you to support you, to encourage you, to push you, to challenge you, to stretch you, to be there, to catch you. Yeah? It's a team effort. And the people that we surround ourselves with, those that we actually listen to, those that we allowed to speak into our lives, they'll determine where we go, who we are, our level of success, if you will. You know, surrounding ourselves with positive, God loving believers, they will motivate us. They will motivate us and inspire us to be our best self. They will. Why? Because that's what Christians do. It's hardwired in us, isn't it? I love spending time with people that love Jesus because they constantly turn my focus back to Jesus. They constantly lift me up. You know, recently I shared, was sharing with someone, just and I think I shared it at our friendship group on Tuesday. But legitimately, this is me being, you know, as authentic as I can. And I was just sharing, Jesus, it would be so good. We have some wonderful moments, tangible presence of God, the worship the word all of it we there's such a wonderful you know heart in the house presence of god in the house you know the the church is healthy it would be so good you know how i asked this person who's got a church in perth and he's just just ret- semi let's call it semi retirement he's been successful it's large i said how do i get extra bums on seats without all the rubbish corporate strategy that I despise. Because I do, I, I hate that stuff. Don't talk to me about a bell curve, I'll use it and put it over your head. <laughs> Churches of Christ are discovering that, right? You know, it's only taken them 12 years. But I shared that with him and his response spoke to my heart. It's, it's really important to have the right people around you. And all he said was, he goes, brother, you guys are unique. He goes, your worship, the prophetic... He goes, for you, it will never be about strategy, that, what we were discussing. But what he did, he spoke into my heart and just refocused me back on Jesus. So important to have the right people that will give you the right advice, that will point you back in the right direction, amen? Because they will help us overcome our giants along the way. You know, on the other hand, I guess, you know, you can surround yourselves with negative, unmotivated, complacent people who can put limits on you, you know, like a limiter on a truck. You want to do 120, but you're stuck in a 100 or whatever it's set to. You know, their thoughts, their words can hold us back. They can discourage us from pursuing our God-given dreams, yeah? So... I ask us all again, what voice in our life do we need to ignore? Truly, what person in our life do we need to turn away from? I'm not talking about cutting them off. Just like, hey, that's good, that's for you, not for me, thank you. I'll take this conversation elsewhere. Yeah. Don't have to answer every accusation. David didn't. He just turned away. You know? Did you notice that he actually, if you read the story, and have a look at last week. He actually didn't answer the four accusations that his brother made against him, did not even address them. But yet you and I, we find ourselves doing that. We can end up fighting a battle like we've got a monkey on a back on our back, like we've got a point to prove, yeah. And sometimes you can feel like when, when the enemy's really having a go, it's almost like it keeps you up every moment of every day of every night and you go through every accusation that's coming your way so that you can have an answer and be prepared. But it consumes us when we do that. And I think many of us have done that, especially when we're younger. We don't like people saying anything about us, so we, we've got an answer ready for everyone. Sometimes a perfectly good answer is it. Actually, I don't even need to talk about that. Oh, you really don't have to. You, you should. Actually, I think you're being a bit of an idiot. I don't have to answer that and walk away. I still love you, but that's just stupid. And walk away. You know, it's amazing what you can get away with if you put a smile on your face. <laughs> no, that I, You know what? I'm not surprised you ask that such a stupid question. And walk away. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Smile. Be a smiling assassin. I'm sure Jesus was with, when he dropped some of his bombs, you know? There are times that we have to take stuff on board, and you and I need to make sure we're not missing the conviction and the convincing of the Holy Spirit. But there are other times it's just like, oh, I'm not going to listen to that. That's actually not conducive for what God's called me to, for my life. If I'm going to soar like an eagle, I'm not taking the advice off a of turkey. Thank you. Yeah? And so, David, David. David's going to get on the battlefield and he's going to press on, even though Goliath attacks, even though Eliab pulls him down. And verse 31 reads, "What David said was overheard, reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him." This is really important because we're going to see the final attempt to stop David, and and we would never have heard the story of David and Goliath if this final attempt wasn't successful. And and Saul pushes his old ways, the way he used to do stuff on David. And verse 32 reads, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go on and fight him. So he's overcome the challenge of Goliath in his heart. He's overcome the challenge of Iliab in his heart. So now David says to the king, remember, he actually knew the king because when the king was going nuts, he was already crazy, but when he went really nuts, David was part of the band that would come and play music to soothe his soul. Yeah? So he already knew him, but maybe... Maybe Saul didn't know David much because Saul speaks out and, and, and he basically says you're not going to be able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You're not able to do it. This is what you and I miss when we can read this so quickly and flippantly. The king is speaking to him. Like the king of the army of Israel, the one that had fought battles and won battles, the one that people were fearful of because though he wasn't as big as the giant, he was big. He's a trained. Saul is a trained warrior, and he's saying to David, hey, you're not going to be able to go out against the Philistine. This is Saul at the time, the Lord's anointed, saying to David, you can't do it. Ever had a man or woman of God say, you can't do it? But I felt like God said, you can't do it. And David really respects the anointing that Saul has on his life, And so the king is speaking. So this is like a royal decree over David. You're not the one, David. You you can't do this. Why? Because you're only a young man. You're just a boy. Remember that scripture tells us to let no one despise us because of our youth, doesn't it? Saul's been a warrior since his youth. And, and look at Goliath compared to you, little guy, would have been Saul's response to David. Like, He's a giant, man. You are just so small. You're only a kid. You can't do this. He's been a warrior since his youth. The king completely misses that David is the only one that's ready to fight. David is the only one that's ready to step up for the honor of the name of the Lord. Psalm 8, 2 reads, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Now, I, I, we know that this is a psalm of David, and I guess you could say that this psalm wasn't even written yet. And so Saul obviously can't know it yet, but he should have known the truth that when there's a man or woman of God with an anointing upon him, you've got to bless them and support them. Yeah? So David, what does David do in in response to the king's decree over his life that you can't do it? He gives his testimony. Oh gosh, if the church would just understand how powerful our testimonies are. He gives his testimony. That's his simple answer to the king. He was like, yeah, but but hey, hey, I've already beaten a bear. I've already beaten a lion. In fact, God was the one who did it. And, and God doesn't change. He's the same. And so we're going to beat the giant, me and God. His motivation in moving forward into battle, what was his motivation? Verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the Lord God. Of the living God. That's the key thread. Because of the honor and the greatness of the name of the Lord, we, you and I, we need to understand that. It's the one point I've been trying to make for the last two weeks, really, that God can help us in our battles, and he will help us with our battles. But if our battle is about the honor of the name of the Lord, then I believe there's this extra unction, this extra anointing, this extra strength, this extra courage, this extra wisdom that comes upon us. Just a couple more verses because I know I'm out of time. But verse 37 and 39, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. There's one more subtle attempt here to slow David down. Then Saul dressed David in his tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened the sword over his tunic. He tried walking around because he was not used to them. See, we can't forget how tall Saul was compared to David, yeah? David was just a boy. He would have looked ridiculous, like totally. When someone's 10 foot tall and you're putting that armor on someone, say, the size of Nathan, it would look ridiculous, yeah? I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them, so he took them off. I want to say this. Saul couldn't see. Saul was not able to conceive a victory without his own armor, And so often people can't see you being victorious unless it's their way and the way that they perceive it. The way that they used to do it. You can't do church like that. Oh my goodness, where's the communion table that was on the left? You can't move that. Oh, you've got drums. Oh, you can't have drums. That was the big battle 20, 30 years ago, wasn't it? We've never had drums. You can't. Because they can't conceive, perceive a, a victory unless it's their idea or the way that they did it. Saul wasn't even prepared to go into battle. But maybe he thought if I give him my armour there'll be some dignity if he wears my armour into battle. Maybe that was his thinking, I don't know. You know, some people only think it's a good idea if it's their idea. Have you noticed that? Yeah? Maybe that's a temptation that we have sometimes that God sometimes is going to give good ideas to other people. Maybe we think that's the case. You know, part of being the body of Christ, part of being in family is to be able to recognize when an idea comes from God. And Saul did, all Saul did was load David down with his own negative experience. Really? But this victory won't be through (laughs) armour, this victory is going to be. Through the name of the Lord, and actually, maybe Saul, maybe Saul wanted David to, to fail. You know, maybe deep down inside, he wanted him to fail. Because you and I, we're going to be careful that we're never in the, I hate using the word sinful, but we we're never in that position. We we want other people to fail. Yeah, it's a very sad place where Saul ended up. You know, some would prefer that you carry the old pattern around, rather than you walk in fresh faith filled with the Holy Spirit some people hold you back and down and try to put their old nature on you because if they can't stop you but if they can get you to act like them and be like them then they don't have to change they won't have to do anything that requires them to trust God, some people hold you back and hold you down and all they want to do is pull their old nature on you but I'm going to ask us all to stand Let me repeat these words. The truth is, somebody here needs to hear this. The truth is that sometimes you and I are going to be the threat in somebody else's life with what God has placed on you and in you. Sometimes, yeah, the truth is that you and I are going to be the threat in somebody else's life because we're freeing the Spirit, because we're obeying Jesus, because we're all for Jesus I surrender and so we're going to be the threat if we live that way David needs to get away from Saul he needs to press on and what does he do? he takes the armour off can I ask us all just to close our eyes for a minute because today I think we need to break some stuff And Sam would you mind coming up just to play some keys would that be alright? So next week I want to look at the battle. I want to look at David. Actually, what what happens to Goliath? But for today, you and I won. We need to be able and ready to fight to stand for the honour of the name of the Lord. But like David, he takes the armour off. Sorry, no sound on the keys. That's awesome. It's coming. It's invisible sound. Anyone hear it in the Spirit? I think this morning there's been words spoken over us. People have put their perceptions, their ideas upon us. Some have spoken down to us. Some have ridiculed and minimized who we are, what we want to do for the Lord. Others have told us that it can't be done. Others have said it can only be done if you do it this way. This morning, in honouring the name of the Lord, in being able to fight for Him and stand for Him, we need to remove that armour. And so that's what I'm going to pray right now. If you know there are words that have been spoken over your life, things, situations where people have tried to paint you a particular way, put you in a particular corner, tell you that it will only work if you do it like this, like I did, like they did, like we did. If you know that's been spoken over your life, I just want you to raise your hands to God. Don't worry about the person next to you. This is about being free. This is about being able to turn. Away from those negative voices. This is being able to walk towards the destiny that God has on us. Because sometimes those things are stopping us, and we've got to take the armor off. So, Father, this day, God, we walk to you, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we go, God, this armor, this stuff, it is too heavy for us to wear. God, we can't walk in it. Lord, we 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 can't even get a direction in it, God. Lord, it's not us. It's not who we are. Lord, can you take it from me? God, take the words that have been spoken over people's lives like a helmet, God. Father, take the the negative voices, the criticisms, God, that, that have so soldered themselves to our lives that we feel like that's who we are. Lord, remove them. God, remove the heaviness of of the stuff that's been placed on us so that we can do what you've called us to do, so we can be who you've called us to be, so we can achieve what you've called us to do so that we can fulfill the mission. God, we love you. Lord, we apologize or we say sorry if we have stood silently where people have mocked your name. Where people have pulled you down, where people have said nasty things about you, where they've placed other things ahead of you, God, and we've sat there silently, cowering like the Israelites. God, this day, Lord, we pray for courage to infill us. That we would fight the good fight of faith. That we would say he that we would say he is our God. He is our king. He fills us and restores us and strengthens us. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. God, from this day, we will be a different people. Lord, that old armor has been removed. That weight has now gone. God, and now we're going to walk with you and in you and as you, Lord God. Father, we want to hear your voice to fulfill what you've called us to. Lord, that like David, like David is a champion, like David, Lord God, that we would be champions in your eyes not because of what we've done or what we're doing, but because we're standing on the name of the Lord because we're honouring that name. Church, will you honour the name of the Lord this day? Yeah? Can, the, can we honour the name of the Lord? Don't allow people to put their ideas, their perception, their armour on you. You and I, those that call themselves Christians, are called to so much more. So much more. So, Father, as we walk out of this place... Lord, allow us to soar like eagles, to overcome and reach the heights that you've called us to. Father, that like an eagle, we may achieve great things. Church, have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy your coffee, your lunch. Enjoy the presence of God. Be all you can be in him. Don't put that armor back on and honor the name of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, give him a clap. Why not?